Welcome, it's Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here. The episode today is with uh, Derek Grady, one of the VPs at Heritage Auctions. It's had a, a long and storied career in the industry. And we got in a roll and started talking, and I will carve that up into a couple of uh, episodes for your listening pleasure. I really enjoyed hearing Derek's story, some of the things, what's going on in Heritage, as well as some of his other experiences, and just two veterans talking about uh, what's old and what's new, what's uh, coming back around in the industry, but all made possible by sponsors, certainly including Heritage, <laughs> the, Derek's employer and my good friends there, but also Huggins and Scott, ComC.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, and Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. So great sponsors, uh, great interview uh, with Derek. We had a good time. Yeah. So now, there's are, there are people that think they do want to compare to a Mike Trout card or a Giannis card or a a LeBron well, card. They're disappointed if you're telling them this is a not a six-figure card. You know. What it's yeah, and it's do. like I don't. But wow. they they have to understand the basic principle of apples to oranges. Yeah. If you give me the same card, okay. Now, by the way, if you give me the same LeBron card, if the guy that already bought one, okay, doesn't want another one, you've now removed him from the bidding. Right. So logically speaking, there may have only been two. And yeah, fact, some of these cases there probably were only two. There probably is only two. With one that that had a business purpose for being the winning bidder, if you yeah. have a business purpose, and I may do a whole episode about this, if you have a business pers- purpose for winning the bid, then the higher it goes, the better. Yes. Because you get greater publicity for the higher price and because it's part of your business platform. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying- Yeah, absolutely. That's what happened, but you've got to take that with a salt. People that are inside the industry can see that does not necessarily set a new standard. And maybe, like you said, maybe not even for that particular card. And sometimes it's a reserve. A, a, cons- uh, a bidder is bidding against a reserve. And then the auctioneer is trying to get the reserve lowered or try and get the bidder up to make that marriage happen. So where did the last, the second, the underbidder drop out? And then it's one bidder could be going up another 500000 to the reserve. So that's, that's dangerous when now you're the next one to mark. We already know this. Generally, when something goes crazy in an auction, it could be a 52 maze and a nine. The next time... You get so it sets a world record price. That doesn't mean the next nine is going to sell for more. It could sell for a hundred thousand dollars less, fifty thousand dollars less. Now I was fortunate. It's funny that example because I got three mazes consecutively. We haven't had a maze forever. I haven't even auctioned a maze nine, and I got three in a row. All three PSA nine Willie Mays with two tops. The first one sold for the most, then down, and all three were thrilled with the number. They all did very well. But every time you remove a bidder, logic would tell you so. Yeah, I I totally hear you. Basically, I, I'm amazed. But people are conditioned now that, that things are going up and they're going to continue to go up and they're worried about selling their cards too cheap. Yes. And I just say, if you uh, consign your card to a very reputable, very honest auction company that has broad exposure and lots of bidders that have deep pockets uh, and, and know very well how to market the scarcity of that and the beauty of that card, such as heritage, obviously, take your chances. There, you're, you're, there's nobody better than you guys at, at that kind of thing. Although there are other good auction houses out there, sure. but over the uh, course of time, you guys have been an enduring uh, leader. I, I, like I said, I don't think there's anybody better, but there's other good ones out there. So sure. Uh, and my buddy Bill Huggins, over Huggins and Scott, my other auction sponsor, they're at the they're not necessarily at the far end of the other spectrum, but they just have a different philosophy. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, absolutely. Huggins is great. He's been doing this forever, and he's. Yeah. And it's, I got into this with Pete about there probably are 
cards that are best go to PSA or SGC or BGS. Agreed. The savvy person knows that, and they're probably collections that best go to Heritage Platinum as opposed to the Sunday, as opposed to Huggins and Scott, as opposed to anybody else that's out there. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think everybody has their specialty. I think we're trying to create a company with where we have an eye. We have two professional graders. Lee was a professional grader as well. So you got two professional graders. You got Calderon, who is an expert in vintage cards and could be. Andy graded modern cards at Packet. I don't know how many companies have graders working for them or guys that worked at Mears um, in authentication of jerseys, guys that, so we really assembled an all-star team is what we did here. Maybe gets credit for that. And and why would, I wouldn't give criticism to Heritage for, they're not in the grading business, but they're hiring grading experienced people to help with their auction because those two things are inextricably linked. And it's yeah. like, uh, media still gets criticism. How can you guys do price guides and degrading. They're inextricably linked. You can't grade a card without knowing what the condition of it is. And if you don't know the condition. Well, people have asked us, did you ever consider opening up a grading company? And I said, the world, I just always say the world, I'm too busy. I, it's 24 seven on consignments, but I would make the argument that, yeah, we have the qualified graders. I'd put our team up against anybody and take them on anywhere on pay-per-view. So you can host that. But honestly, we, I don't think the world needs another grading company. I support the three major ones. And I, it just, that's a whole nother, and, and we would get criticized for that, obviously, because then every card in the heritage sales overgraded every card, they wouldn't look at the optics. They wouldn't, it's just the optics looks bad. So they wouldn't even look at the card and give it, if, if I graded it a nine and it was in a heritage sale, people are going to say I was biased because it's in a heritage sale. So it would be, I think there'd be so much con- conflict of interest. We get such pushback as an auction company that it wouldn't, I, I definitely know we're qualified to do it. It's no BS. We could easily do it. Uh, my point is you're doing it. That's part of the heritage edge is that you have a team oh, that's sure. savvy that when yeah. you bring your cards graded or ungraded to heritage, you're getting uh, expert viewpoint analysis. Yes. And analysis I would agree. To I would agree. optimize and maximize the yeah. uh, Bill Huggins, his shoebox lots that he does of fifties or sixties uh, stars and things that he throws a thousand you know, different cards. There's some bargains in there, but I promise you there's nothing in there that's going to be a nine or a 10. For the I wouldn't think He's, he can screen it enough for that. Cause that really wouldn't be right, but they're going to be five, six, seven, four level cards in there that you're yes. going to have fun going through. But so he's still able to do that. The, the key is that, that what you, what you guys have is that I think, like I said, the, the, the difference between an eight and a nine in certain cards is more than a hundred percent. It's more than a doubling. And um, when you have that, it, it, the grading fee is, is such a small percentage of the potential increase from an eight to a nine, even eight to 8.5 or to yeah. nine or, or to 10, especially in some of these it's, but again, you can't just send it off without some pre-grading understanding of how this would. How yeah. And I always joke around with clients when they say, who's looking, I could have my wife go through a sale. She doesn't care about cards. She doesn't even understand what I do. Okay. Other than do very well in this business. She can look in a price guide and put couple out cards out of a set, put them in a card saver and send them in. Now, to know what years you do commons in, to know what years you do, what grade do you grade some star cards for the photo lot? What years do you not grade uh, in 75? You don't do Gary Carter in five, okay? Or George Brett and Robin Young in fives and sixes. You look sevens are better. In 59, you might go fives are better. So there's for different years. T206 is you're just grading. There's Hall of Famers you grade that are ones. And there's Hall of Famers you grade that are threes or better. So there's a different standard for everything. It's not just about, so some auction companies literally just grade a handful of star cards, no matter what the grade is, and that's what they do. We are built to 
to work here, to work on my team, you've got to be able to grade, know the hot, know the set. If I ask you, hey, what's a 50, you know what a 58 yellow letter is? And they say they don't, that's a problem. Yeah. I know you can look the stuff up, but I want people to have learned this throughout their career, or they're going to be stuck just writing modern cards or something. It's uh, There's a lot to learn here. And there's a lot that goes into what we grade and why we grade it to add value. There's no curriculum than working for some. One of the episodes I did with uh, Mike Summer was talking about how do you, what's the pipeline to getting hired in this industry. And it's working in the industry allows working you to in work industry. in the industry. Whether you're, many of the sharp guys we hired back in the day had been in card shops for a number of years. And they Correct. were a young guy and uh, they uh, trusted uh, me and us enough to move to Dallas and get a full-time job. And, and But they brought some expertise with them. I started and in a card store crash. as soon and as I could. A great attitude is not enough. You need a great attitude. Some foundation. And some foundation in hobby, There's, not just, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't wait till I first, when I was 14 or 15, and I worked part-time at the local card shop. Yeah. I learned a lot there. And then I was going doing shows with the local card dealer, and then driving to shows, and then setting up at shows. And then I opened a store when I was 18. I was direct with Upper Deck. I was direct with, I think, Classic and Fleer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did it all. Hypothetical question. Yeah. Let's say I have a card in my collection that I want yeah. you guys to auction off for me. And it's a 52 tops high number. Let's not even say who it is. It's not male. Let's just say it's somebody. Again, hypothetical. And it's in a BGS nine holder. Okay. And I say, mm -hmm. Eric, you're my buddy. Chris, you're my buddy. Do the best you can for me. What do you do with that card? Do you? If I believe in it. Okay. So I'm going to look at it. PSA clearly is the greater of choice. On that card. Yes. Yeah, registry sensitive. It's a nine. So it's a great card. I don't need it to be a 10 PSA. But we just want to know. But I, right, here's the thing. you guys are supposed to optimize for your. Yeah. What hypothetically would you do? Would you mention to PSA, hey, this is coming from a person who has the same name as one of the grading companies, and so we can't submit it to you? Now, here's what I would do. I would tell you, okay, the best thing I can do is if I believe in it. Say it's a Rosen Fine high number. They had a special look to them. Okay. No different than the T206 Southern Fine. They have a special look. When I went through Lucius's or Pound Miller's T206s that are up there now, the nines, you can tell when they're Southern Fine, okay, with my experience. So I look at your I look at your card, and I'm going to say, man, this is original. This looks like a, a Rosen Fine 9. This is dead centered, four sharp corners. I'm going to recommend that we crack it out, okay, because I still don't believe PSA is going to cross that card over in a 9 because there's too much. You can't see through the Beckett holder as easy. Those are thicker holders. It's in a plastic also. Very difficult. So I would suggest once I screen it, uh, that we would crack the card out and submit it submit and it. then it's submit it raw. And then if PSA puts it in an eight, five, which they so often do, no matter what the card could look like a 10, then I read. No, they didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't no, know they didn't know. But it's still tough to get a nine on a 52. It's tougher now than it was when I worked at Mastro to submit a card and get a nine. No matter where you work 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was easier to get a nine five years ago. They've tightened up even on 52 high numbers and nines, everything is very difficult now to get a nine on a vintage card. So I would send it in and then review. If I didn't get, if I got a nine, great. If not, I'd review it again. If not, then I go back to back it and odds are they put it back in. I'd say they're going to look at it again, but you save the tag. You hope you just say, Hey, look, card still looks the same. They're still going to charge it and they're still going to, and that's what I would do. If somebody came back to me with a tag, I look at it as a raw card. You have to, because yeah. you don't, but that's the only way to really do it because those, you're right. The registry sensitive cards, they go for the most money in PSA because they have that dominant registry. Okay. I've also seen collectors take the chance on their own where they try and before consigning it, they try and cross it over. Okay. Or some bidders will still bid strong on an SGC or Beckett card 
and say, I don't care. I have a PSA seven. This is an eight. I am, I'm going to take a shot because even if it goes down a grade, I'm not that bad off. But I try and give my consigners the, the option. A lot of them say, hey, you're the expert. Do, it, do whatever you think's best. Just are you pretty sure you can get it back in a nine if you crack it out? And the answer is, unless somebody dings it, which we're very careful. Customer service at PSA, I hope, is careful. I've ne- Knock on wood, I've never had a problem, but it doesn't happen that often because I generally shy away from cracking out expensive cards or crossing over expensive cards. I generally shy away from that. But I will tell you, cards that are really nice do sell for premiums and back in an an SGC holders, even if it would fit better on a PSA registry, people look at the cards and they'll ask Lee or I to describe them. That's improved. That situation has improved recently, wouldn't you say? Yes. More, uh, really, like you said, buying the card, not the holder. I think more and more people are becoming more educated. I've been screaming it, but I haven't been on national TV screaming it, but I've been saying it since 1998. Please look at the card. Not all PSA nines are alike. Not all SGC nines are like, there is a card that could be in our auction that I graded 20 years ago. And you said, hey, Derek, is that nice for the grade? I might tell you it's not. And I may have graded it. I So if sliders got through, we have more questions now than ever. When I fly to Dallas for an auction, I am swamped. Texts, calls, emails. Can you pull this card? Can you pull that card? Can you look at this? Can you look at that? And on the flip side, there are people that will bid 500 grand on a card because it says PSA 10 on it and not even ask me my opinion on the card, whether it's a 10. Then there's other people that will only buy it if I say I put it in my collection. Yeah. And that's become more and more. There's become more and more people that are asking more and sending lists. Here are the... That's it. So what you're pointing out is that your service, because you, you, I would think that most of your customer-facing time would be toward consigners. But what you're saying is you're getting a fair amount of conversation and relationship with bidders. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You really trust your eye. If I don't go through, so the T206 auction of Pal Miller's that's up right now, where we did his registry auction, it's you know, one of the top five T206 sets. I forget what number it was, but there were people, there are people that will just buy the grade, no matter what, plug it in the registry. And there's people that say, is that a, I need you? And we have great scans, Jim. You can blow these things up. You can see everything. And there's still people saying, if I don't see the card and view it in my hand and look at it, they don't want to bid until, now that's a small minority. But there's other graders, and I might have Pete pull cards to look at for people. If I don't make it for an auction, Lee or I are generally there, sometimes both of us. And that partner one auction, him and I were describing cards that whole week to people. Because if we say something's nice for the grade or high end for the grade, that's not a guarantee it's going to bump, okay? But they like it for that's themselves. Worth, and it's worth something to them, yeah. yeah. It's worth something to them, sure. 